Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, download the Overflow Church app or visit our website at overflowdfw.com. Tonight is the Super Bowl, and I hope that you're coming to the Super Bowl party. And I wanted to share something with you real quick, if I can find it in here and all my stuff. I know I have it. There's some things here about the Super Bowl and about some prophetic things that are happening. Yeah, here's this is just interesting stuff, okay? And I, what, I'm t- what I'm wanting to do this morning is I want to spark your creative eye. I want to spark your creative attention. I want to wake up your faith. I want you to be expectant of God to do some things. Uh, you know, in, in Acts chapter 2, verse 17, it says, In the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Sons and daughters will prophesy. I'll show signs in the heavens above and the earth beneath. He says, blood and fire and vapor of smoke, which sounds really gory. Sounds like Hell House story. But uh, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. I was praying about that one day, and I thought, you know what? You know what that is? Blood and fire and vapor of smoke? It's an altar. It's a picture of the altar of sacrifice in front of the tabernacle in the Old Testament, in the temple, you know, uh, in Jerusalem. It's a picture of the Lamb of God being slain, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. And when you go back, when Solomon dedicated the temple and there was blood and fire and vapor of smoke, it said all the priests, none of them could stand because the presence of the Lord in the house was so great. Well, that's what we're getting ready to see. Where's Chelsea? She went to help. No, don't go, go get her. I, I was talking to Chelsea beforehand. She was, she was saying about Overflow Church, she says, that's what I love about Overflow Church is you can just feel the presence of God in this place. And, you know, that's what we're talking about. Blood and fire and vapor of smoke is the manifestation of Jesus, the Lamb of God, Jesus appearing. I, I keep hearing testimonies of Uh, People in Arab nations, you know, stout Muslims who have visions of Jesus saying stuff like, why are you persecuting me? And they get saved and become evangelists. You know, I mean, that's amazing. I mean, that's miraculous. So uh, I just want to spark your, just your creative side to be aware that God's doing things in your generation and God still does miracles. And, and Jesus is still alive, and he's still real, and he's still showing up. And so anyways, this was just interesting stuff about uh, this Super Bowl that's happening today. And uh, this is uh, just some prophetic things. We get some prophetic newsletters from some different people. Uh, two years ago, the team, the Panthers, was in obscurity. Now they're champions in the NFC and in the Super Bowl. Favor was easily discerned on the Uh, discerned on them, particularly in the last few games. That is a token portrayal of the way the Lord is going to take hidden and obscure saints and anoint them with his spirit to make them champions with the heart of David. This is something that God is is doing and showing. The Panthers being in the Super Bowl being like a sign, okay, like a picture of something God's wanting to do. Um, we cannot necessarily randomly take sec- secular events and give them prophetic meaning. However, since the team was shown in a revelatory experience before their existence, we have felt confident to watch them as a symbol of timing. Uh, truthfully, both teams are pointing to prophetic destiny. There are two cutting-edge prophetic ministries. Uh, it goes on to talk about some, some other stuff, but that's not what I wanted to get to. This, I think this is it. Uh, have you ever heard of Bob Jones? He was a prophetic minister. 
Bob Jones, in 1993, was taken up in a vision and shown Charlotte, North Carolina. In the experience, he saw what he recognized to be an old lumberyard in the central part of Charlotte. While he was watching this, a black panther walked into the lumberyard and made it his den. At the time, Bob was not sure what this represented. It wasn't clear if the panther symbolized some form of demonic plot or if the Lord was intending to do something. But he was shown, however, uh, that the vision, at least in part, was related to a release of financial favor and the unleashing of natural and spiritual provision. He was also shown another cat in the vision that went south to make his home. That later became known as the Jacksonville Jaguars. Bob called Rick Joyner of Morningstar Ministries at the time of the vision and shared it with him as a matter of record. Bob told Rick, there is a black panther coming to Charlotte, and he is going to live at the old lumberyard. It wasn't until approximately two years later when it was announced that Charlotte was getting a professional football team and that the vision began to have meaning. As we know now, the team was called the Panthers, and the new stadium was built where the old lumberyard was located. Uh, For this reason, we have watched the team as a token of destiny to gleam prophetic timing for the things that the Lord desires to do. I just thought that that was interesting, you know, just just to spark our interest. Uh, Another uh, prophetic thing that we get is, is just basically was saying, watch the game today because the Lord is going to use what happens today as kind of a prophetic messaging to our generation of something that's going to happen. I don't know what. And that's, anyway, but I'm going to watch the game just to see what's going on. If nothing else, just to watch the commercials because they're always fun. But anyways, that's, that's pretty cool and that's pretty fun. So uh, I just encourage you to just be creative when you're watching and listening and, and moving and flowing because God's wanting to do some new things. Amen? Well, I, I want to show you some stuff in the Word today, and I'm very excited about this message. Uh, I'm going to talk to you today about living without limits. Everyone say living without limits because I think we're coming into a time where we're going to be unlimited in some things. Whereas, you know, before, you know, don't you get tired of the limitations? It's like, you know, if, if, if I had unlimited time, if I had unlimited resources, if I had unlimited money, what would I do? What would I do? I mean, think about that for just a second. What would you do? If you, if you were unlimited, what would you do and how would you go about living your life if there were absolutely no limits, okay? You say, well, you know, that's unrealistic. Well, you know what? Jesus lived that way. He did. And Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is a picture of how he lived, okay? Now, I, I want to I wake you up today. I want to wake up your faith. I want to wake up your expectancy. I want to wake up your uh, inspirational gear on the inside of you so that everywhere you go and everything that you do, you're going you're gonna to see God. It's a, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Well, that doesn't mean you're going to have a vision of the Father on the throne. That means that everywhere you go, everywhere you look, you're going to see God working in the things all around you because he's alive and he surrounds us. Amen? Uh, can... Does someone control the lights? Turn out the lights for just a second. Okay? Now, if you woke up in the morning and you saw this on your chest, if you woke up this morning, you looked down, and you saw this on your chest, what would you think? Lord, forgive me for my sins. (laughs) 
If you saw a laser thing on your chest, you think, you know, it's, if I woke up and I saw, you know, laser on, on my wife, I'd probably, you know, just cover her and, you know, roll off the bed and, you know, look out, you know, incoming, you know, or whatever, because typically that would mean someone's aiming at you, all right? And you can't see anything, but you see this little teeny red light, okay? And it, and it would cause possibly some fear. Well, what if you woke up in the middle of the night and this was in your face? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would be the same thing. It's like, what's going on? It's not like you can see what's going on. It's more like, what in the world? Uh, uh, uh. You know, it would freak you out. What if you woke up in the middle of the night and you, aliens, I'm being abducted. What? Call of Duty. <laughs> I mean, it, it would be the same thing. I mean, it would take you by surprise and take you off guard. But if you woke up at night and the, there was just a light on and it was just lighting things up, you'd be able to see. Okay? Now, this one flashlight does all four things. Okay? And s- some of them are little. Some of them are, you know, alarming. Some of them are... Call of Duty, <laughs> or or alien-like, and some of it's just light, you know? Now, I'm, here's what I want you to do. You can pull the lights back up. I don't want to keep the laser on. Uh, I want to show you, out of one story in the Bible, told by three different guys, the difference between no faith, lost faith, little faith, and great faith. Okay? Now you say, well, that's four stories. Well, the three are the same story. Now here's the story. One day, Jesus, you know, he's preaching, and, and in, in Mark chapter 4, he says this to his disciples. He says, okay, the same amount of thought and study you give to what I say is the same amount of results that you're going to get. And he's teaching them the sower and the seed, and he's teaching them all of that, and he wraps it up with that statement. He says, the amount of effort, thought, and study you give to what I say will be the amount of results that you will get. And then, in Mark 4, it says, on the same day, he says to them, let us go to the other side. He says that in Mark. And in Luke, he says, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. Okay, now, he said, the thought, the amount of thought and study you give to the word that I say is the amount of results that you get. Okay, let's look at what he said for just a second. He said, let, what does let mean? Let, allow. I mean, if you let someone give you a birthday present, it's just you're not resisting. You're just open and you're ready to receive. So that means, okay, we're going to, this is going to happen and we're not going to resist. He said, let us. What does us mean? Everyone. He didn't say, let me go to the other side of the lake. He said, let us. So who does it involve? All these guys. Us. All right. Look at someone say us. All right. Let us. Then he says, let us go. So there's motion, there's movement. Then he says, let us go to, and then he says where? The other side of the lake. Let us cross over to the other side. 
Look at someone and say, just repeat it this after. Look at someone and repeat this after me. Let us go to the other side. Okay. Now, who said this in the Bible? Jesus said this. Okay. So, who is Jesus? He's the Son of God. He's God's Son. He's our Savior. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. Uh, John chapter 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were created by Him, and without Him nothing was created that was made. And we see in Genesis chapter 1 where everything was created, the first thing that God said is, Let there be light. And Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And God didn't even create the sun until like three days later. So when he said, let there be light, he wasn't talking about the sun. He was talking about Jesus invaded this realm with his presence, with light. Okay? And it says in John 1, all things were created by him. And how were they created? By words. God said, let there be this, let there be that. And every time he said it, then it was. Okay? So this is the same guy who created everything. This is the same light. This is the same being. This is the same entity that brought all of creation into being, starting with let there be light. And he said, say it with me, let us go to the other side. Okay. Now, uh, the disciples had the opportunity to take those words and give it thought and give it study and to let it sink in and to let it become a part of them. They had that opportunity. Jesus just taught them how to do it. It's like sower in the seed. You plant it in there. You water it. You let it come up. And then this word will bear fruit in your life. And what was the word? Let us go to the other side. Okay. So in Mark chapter 4, Jesus said, let us go to the other side. So they get in the boat, and they start going out, and it's nighttime, and a storm comes up, and it's a really bad storm. And uh, these, half of these guys are fishermen, so they know storms. They know boats. They know water. They know, you know, sails. They know wind. They know how to do all of this stuff. But this storm scared the crud out of them, okay, this particular storm. Now, where was Jesus? He was asleep in the boat. Why? Because he said, let us go to the other side. Where was Jesus going? Where were the disciples going? Well, they were supposed to, but they didn't give it a whole lot of thought and study and, and let it sink in very much because Jesus said, let us go to the other side. And they woke him up out of a dead sleep and said, in Mark chapter 4, they said, Teacher, we are perishing. They didn't say, Jesus, we are going to the other side, like Jesus said. They said something else. They didn't say what Jesus said. They said something else. They said, Teacher, the word that they used in Mark, they said, Teacher, we are perishing. Okay? So I think it's interesting that they called him Teacher. I mean, he just taught them something, and they didn't really get it, I guess, or didn't really sink in. Teacher, we are perishing, okay? Now, remember when Jesus is healing people, and, and people came to him, and, and Jesus said stuff like, according to your faith, be it unto you. Now, what if Jesus did that there in the boat? 
Teacher, we are perishing. And the Lord says, be it unto you, even as you have believed. Glub, glub, glub. The boat could have gone down. The disciples could have gone down. The whole thing could have gone down. Jesus would have stayed on top of the water. Why? Because he's going to the other side. And if they connect their faith with Jesus, then where are they going? To the other side. Okay? Why? Because that's what Jesus said. Okay? But they said, teacher. Now, you know, you don't have to listen to your teachers. You know? I mean, what level of respect does a teacher have in your life? It's a certain level because you don't want to get flunked. Right? You have a teacher. You don't want to be stupid. You don't want to be dumb. You don't want to be embarrassed in front of the class. And so there's a certain level of respect. But, you know, it isn't like a boss. It isn't like your teacher can fire you, you know. It's, so it's a little bit different. All right. So in Luke, oh, it's, it, here's what Jesus says. Okay, they said, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And they woke him up, you know. So he's like, he gets up and Jesus says this to them. Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Everyone say no faith. Okay. They were not demonstrating any faith at all in the words that Jesus said. Okay. They were not. He says, you have, why is it that you have no faith? Okay. Now, here's here's a clue. If you're exhibiting fear, then there's probably not faith operating and functioning. Okay. That's, you know, it's, their words were fear words. Okay, now they're sailors. They should know better. You know, da da da. Jesus gives them these words. They should know better. But for some reason, they're freaking out. And they're, you know, Master, we are perishing. Don't you care? Don't you care? Don't you care? Don't you care? Now, telling Jesus, asking Jesus, do you not care? Is stupid. It's just stupid because if there's anybody who cares about you, it's Jesus more than anybody. Okay, so all right. so they were limited by their fear, okay? Because they, they stepped into fear, they exhibited fear, and they were limited by their fear, okay? Uh, we'll get to the end of the story in a minute. All right, in Luke chapter 8, same story. Jesus has let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And in, the, in Luke's version, they said to him, Master, Master, we are perishing. Okay, now, I don't know why Mark says teacher and Luke says master, but it's a whole different word. It's a whole different Greek word altogether. Okay, now, there's one thing that I've learned about the word is every translation, uh, every every different word, it, it means something. And we can learn something from it. In Luke, they say, master, master, we are perishing. Okay, now, master could be like boss. If you have a master, you have someone who's over you, you're responsible to them, you're doing a job for them. It's either like a master and a servant or a boss and an employee or whatever. And a a boss holds a certain level of authority in your life. But you know what? You can quit. You know? I mean, you can quit a job. It's not the end of your life. You can go get a different job. So they only hold a certain level of authority in your life. And it's not the end of the world. But they said, master, master. They said, hey, boss. We're perishing. And Jesus said to them, where is your faith? So this wasn't no faith. This was misplaced faith. This was lost faith. They lost their faith. How many of you have ever lost your keys? You know, you have keys. The keys work. 
you've used them a hundred times, but where the heck did I put them? And you're looking all over the house looking for your keys. Why? The keys will open the door. The keys will start the car. The keys will make something happen. The keys will get you to the other side. The faith was the key. They lost their keys. Okay? Jesus said, where is your faith? I know you have some, but you must have left it somewhere because it's not in the boat. Because they said, boss, we're perishing. Okay? So that was that was lost faith, and it was limited because they had misplaced it. Okay? They weren't utilizing it. They weren't using it. They weren't activating it. Now, this is what I want you to do, okay? I don't know why, but in the generation that we live here right now, a lot of people's faith has gotten lazy. A lot of people's faith has just gone to sleep. A lot of people's faith is not active. And your faith is active and demonstrated through things that you say and through actions that you do. That's how your faith is activated. That's how God knows that you're expecting it and looking for it and, and, and coming up to it. Not by saying, we're all going to die. That's what the disciples said. They're in the boat in the middle of a storm. We're all going to die. How many of you know someone negative like that? That no matter what's going on, it's like, we're all going to die. Have you seen the elections? We're all going to die. You know, it's you know, it's like no matter what it is, you know, it's like negative 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 negative. Well, they're they're expressing their lack of faith. Okay? So, the first group had this is the same story in the Bible. The first group though, no faith. The second group lost faith. They lost it. They didn't know where it was. Okay, now in Matthew chapter 8, Jesus got in the boat, and the disciples followed him. They got out in the middle, and the storm happened, and this is what they said. Lord, now this means like Lord, like king. like That's a different level of authority. They said, Lord, save us. We are perishing. They said, Lord, save us. So what were they saying? Lord, you do it. Lord, you do something. Lord, you help us. Lord, you step in and make this happen. And Jesus said to them, Why are you so fearful, O you of little faith? So they, these guys had little faith in this translation of the story. They had little faith. Now, this word little doesn't mean small in size. It means undeveloped. Okay? It means undeveloped. Now, here we've got a little baby right here. And she's so cute. Hi there. How are you? Does she have biceps? Does she have biceps? She does have biceps. Okay, she has biceps. This little one has biceps. They have biceps. They're there. I know they're there because they can move their arms, but they're not developed. Okay? Uh, but you see somebody who's a weightlifter or a UFC fighter or something like that, and you know they've got biceps. Why? Because you can see them. But little babies, you can't see their biceps. You go, here, make a muscle. It's like nothing, you know, it's just, it's just like jello, you know, it's like, but it's there. It's there. All the faith you need is there. You just have to develop it. So he says, Why are you so fearful, O you of little undeveloped faith? They hadn't been using their faith, utilizing their faith. They hadn't been expecting a miracle. They were in the middle of the lake, and their words were, We're all going to die. We're going to drown, okay? And so uh, they were limited 
by neglect and underdevelopment. They had neglected to use their faith. Okay? They weren't using their faith for things to happen and positive results. All right. Now, in Matthew chapter 8, and starting in verse 5, there's another story, a different story. And there's a Roman centurion. Okay? He's not Jewish. He's a captain in the army. Centurion means he's over a bunch of troops. And he's got a servant who's really sick at home. And this guy somehow gets in his head an idea. Now, he's not Jewish. And Jesus several times said, hey, I came to the Jew first, you know. And, and so this guy's not Jewish. I don't, I don't know what made him think that he could do this. But here's what I want to plant in you today. Maybe stuff that you've never thought you could do or ask for, all of a sudden the thought just comes into your head. And you go, you know what? Maybe I could ask for that. Because Jesus is so big and so powerful and so amazing and so limitless. Okay? This centurion comes to Jesus and says, my servant is at home sick. And what does Jesus say? Jesus says to the centurion, I will come and heal him. Now, this is just so cool, you know. I mean, here is the Son of God. He's doing miracles all over the place. This guy is not Jewish, but he, he thinks, okay, maybe if I just ask. Maybe if I just ask. I know it's crazy, but maybe if I just ask, maybe Jesus will do it for me. And he comes up to Jesus and says, my servant is at home sick. And Jesus, all of a sudden, the love of God just gushes out of him by saying, I'll come to your house and heal him. House calls. House calls. Have you ever had a doctor that said, hey, I'll come to your house and take care of it? Ever. Okay? Jesus is like, hey, I'm all powerful in heaven and earth, and I'll come to your house. And what does this guy say? He says, Lord, I am not worthy that you should even come under my roof. Okay? Now, right here I want to stop and show you a difference between what the disciples had said to Jesus in the boat and what the centurion said to him right here. Okay? The disciples said, Lord, we are perishing. We are. They were focused on their own circumstances instead of focused on Jesus. Now, that's when you get in trouble, and that's where your faith messes up. I mean, when you're focused on what's happening to you, what's happening around you, the circumstances, and, and how everything's going down, that's when you get in trouble. This centurion was not focused on that. This centurion was focused on who Jesus was. He said, I am not. All the disciples said, we are perishing. The centurion said, I am not worthy that you should even come under my roof, but if you just say the word, my servant will be healed. Because, and he goes on to explain to Jesus why he knows this. He says, I'm a man under authority, and I say to my troops, come, and they come, and I say to this troop, go, and they go. And, and uh, he says, you know what? If you just say the word, if you just give the command, it's, you are a man of authority, and if you just say so, my servant will be healed. And Jesus' comment was, I have not seen such great faith in all of Israel. And then he told the guy, go, for your servant is healed. 
and his servant was healed immediately. When Jesus said so, let there be healing. It happened. Awesome. Okay? Now, difference between what the disciples said and what the centurion said. The disciples said, we are perishing. The centurion said, I am not in the way. I am not in the way. I am not going to limit you to what you can do. If you just say so, it'll happen. If you just say so. Now, you've got a whole book full of things that Jesus said. You've got a whole book called the Bible full of words from God that he said what you could have. You have a whole book of stuff like, let us go to the other side. Where are you going? To the other side. How many of you are going to the other side? Okay. How many of you are not going to go to the middle and drown? Okay. You're going to the other side. How many of you are not going to drown in debt? You're going to the other side and you're going to pay off stuff. Amen. How many of you are not going to fall apart? You know, you're not going to be sick. You're not going to be, you know, uh, no more, no more, no more, no more. Why? We're going to the other side. Why? Because that's what Jesus said. He said, let there be other side, you know, and there was other side. I mean, in John chapter 6, Jesus is out in, the, in a storm walking on the water, and, and he got in the boat. And I, this is so cool. Jesus didn't calm the storm and then walk on flat water. Now, which is harder to walk on flat water or walk on stormy water? You can't walk on water either way, guys. But Jesus walked on stormy water. Why? Because he liked waves. I think he was like a surfer or something. The bigger, the better, you know? He's just out there walking in the storm, and he didn't stop the storm. He got in the boat, and the minute, in John chapter 6, the minute he stepped into the boat, they were at the other side. They were in the middle of the lake in a storm. Jesus is walking around, enjoying the waves. He steps in the boat, and they were divinely translated to the shore. That's unlimited, okay? Now, why is this important? Because we're moving into a time where we're not going to be limited. Now, God has called me. God has, God has given me words, prophetic words, that I'm going to the nations. And I've been to a bunch of nations. I've been to Russia. I've been to Denmark. I've been to Australia. I've been, I've been to a lot of places. But this call to go to the nations is on me, and I'm praying it, these prophetic words that God has given to me, and I pray them. Why? Because they're coming to pass. So what am I expecting? I'm expecting plane tickets to show up. I'm expecting people with private jets to say, hey, you want to ride? I'm going to Europe, and uh, you want to go with us, you know? And I'd be like, yeah. I'm expecting to be divinely translated. I mean, it could happen this service. I could, you know, we could be done, and I could say amen, and suddenly I'm in Germany. And you say, where did Spencer go? And then, you know, all of a sudden I reappear and give you a testimony of what just happened overseas or something. You know, you say, can that happen? Yes. Jesus appeared in a room without coming through the door after he was risen from the dead. Unlimited. And then he disappeared. They're like, where'd he go? Philip baptized an Ethiopian eunuch, and then he disappeared and showed up in some other city. Can this stuff happen? Yes, it can. Okay? Why doesn't it happen? Because you're not expecting it to happen. You know? It's like, why aren't plane tickets showing up? How many of you are called to the nations? Okay? Plane tickets are going to show up. 
You know what's going to happen now? You're going to be driving. When you leave here, you're going to be looking for plane tickets. I mean, seriously, it's like all of a sudden a piece of paper will blow off of the road and land on your windshield, and you go, is that a plane ticket? Why? Because you're expecting to see plane tickets show up because God has called you to the nations. Why? Because he said, let us go to the other side. And you say, let us go to the other side. Now, what, what if the disciples had done that? What if the disciples had gone, Jesus said, let us go to the other side? I love it when Jesus looked at him and said, you know, they said, Lord, save us. And he says, you know, why is your faith so little? In other words, you could have stood up in the boat and done the same thing. You could have calmed the storm. You could have translated us to shore. You could have done any number of things if you'd have said what I said. That's what makes the difference. You say, well, you know, I, we, your biceps are little. If you go, well, I don't know, you know, you, you need to work those biceps. You need to go, you know what? God's doing something. 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 God's today. God's doing something. Today, there's going to be a miracle. Okay? Now, here's the difference, all right? The centurion had faith in Jesus, three things. He had faith in Jesus' love. Jesus said, I'll come to your house. Wow, that must have exploded on the inside of that centurion. It's like, wow, I've never seen anyone love this much. He had faith in Jesus' authority. He recognized authority. He was a man of authority. He had faith in Jesus' authority. Okay? He knew how that worked, and he knew Jesus could do that. Well, that's something good to understand. He said, Lord, which means king which means you're in charge of me, which means I submit myself to you, which means you are the authority in my life. That's what he said. And he had faith in Jesus' words. He had faith in Jesus' words. That's where the disciples blew it. They had a word from God. They had a word from God. They could have taken that word and gone to the other side. Now, Thank God they were with Jesus, and they were in the boat, and they made it to the other side. Jesus didn't say, you failed the test, go drowned. He didn't do that. Okay, They got to learn, and they got to grow, and they did, and that, that's really awesome. But they had faith in his words. So I have a couple of questions for you. When's the last time you got a word from God? And what did you do with it? You know, it's not just getting, oh, that was so encouraging. That was so awesome. That was so powerful. But what are you doing with it? See this? This is just a few of them. These, these pages, you see these pages? These are prophetic words that I've received about my ministry, about what God wants to do in my life. And you know what I do with them? I pray them. Why? Because I'm going to the other side. The amount of thought and study you give to the words you hear is the amount of results that you get. So you've got stuff like, uh, well, let me find one of these. It says, I'm telling you that's where you belong. That is your place, the world, the places in the world God has called you, you to. That's where you should be. Go and relax in it. Time is not running out. People need your experience, and you are obedient, and you did what I told you to do. But there's a place called there that knocks at your door and calls out to you. Voices you hear calling in the night. You've answered the call and said, yes, Lord, I do it. It's, and they're all like this. I mean, I have pages and pages and pages, and this isn't even all of them. So what do I do? This is in my Bible, and I pray these. 
I don't pray them every day, but I pray them almost every day. Why? Because I am the amount of thought and study I give to the word I hear is the amount of results that I'm going to get. Okay? That's what I do. That's how I do it. Why? Because I'm going to the other side. Now, you have a whole Bible full of words. You can also get on your face and go before the Lord and just ask him and say, Lord, you know, show me, show me what to do and show me how to do it. And he'll speak to your heart. He'll give you a scripture verse. He'll show you something. And you can take that word and you can let it become a part of you until it's reality and it'll manifest in your life and be amazing. It'll be amazing. Okay. Now, a bunch of years ago, Cindy and I used to do the youth meetings for the Kenneth Copeland Believers Convention. Uh, all over the world. We did them in Australia. We did them in England. We did them here in Fort Worth, uh, you know, all over the place. The last one that we did, well, second to last one we did in Australia, we were there. We had set up the team. I was praying for the service that night. I was seeking the Lord. Cindy comes in the room and uh, she says, well, what did the Lord show you about the service tonight? Well, the Lord hadn't shown me about the service tonight. I was praying about the service and I got nothing. And I pray, you know, like for hours, like several hours, I'm like, Lord, give me a word for tonight. Nothing, 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 nothing. Finally, I got to a point and I said, well, God, apparently you don't want to talk about my message tonight. What would you like to talk about? And God blasted me with this vision. He said, I want you to go back to Dallas-Fort Worth. I want you to start a youth church. I want you to father my young people. I want you to show them how good I am. You just poured this vision of starting a youth church into me. And so Cindy walks in the room and says, well, what did the Lord show you? So it poured out of me. And we were in the middle of this convention. And she's like, whoa, do not tell me that now. We are in the middle of a convention. We need to focus. Focus. And so, you know, she says, you can tell me on the plane on the way home. It's a really long flight from Australia back to here. You know, it's like 20 hours with layovers. And so... Uh, on the way back, I was telling her all about it. I was telling her, you know, this is what the Lord showed me. This is what the Lord spoke to me. And, uh, and so when we got back, we began taking the steps to start a youth church. We had some meetings. We put some stuff together, got some young people together, started looking for buildings and stuff like that. We were stepping it out. We were walking it out. Why? Because I was acting on my faith. And Cindy was acting by faith because I had gotten the word. So she says to me one day, in, you know, that was in April, and, and in June, you know, we had, we had filed for the church papers and all of that, you know, to be incorporated. And uh, she says to me one day, she says, you know what, I think it's great that you got a word from God. I think it's wonderful, but I need a word from God. We're doing all this stuff, and, you know, I'm just, I, it would be great if I knew that day, we were going to a minister's lunch in downtown Fort Worth at the Worthington, and we went to the Worthington, and it was, uh, you know, a pastor's luncheon, leader's luncheon, so we got all dressed up. I had on a suit and tie, and he had on a dress, and we showed up, and everyone there was in jeans and polo shirts, and, uh, you know, this was all senior pastors, and they were all casual, and we were all, we were youth guys, and we were all dressed up, and so it was weird. I mean, we felt, like, really awkward. And so we go in and we sit down, a guy named Graham Cook. I don't know if you've ever heard of Graham Cook. Graham Cook was addressing this group. And so we were sitting there and and Graham Cook was talking about some stuff that's going on overseas. And it was very exciting. And then he says, this couple over here, what's your name? So we told him our names. He goes, you know what? The thing that you're in now. Uh, you know, God is, God is doing it. God is doing it. And, and you're going to, and the youth church that you're starting 
And you're going to start youth churches all over, and you're going to impact youth church, youth church, youth church, youth church, youth church. So when he was done, like five pages, written pages later, of specific prophetic word about where we had been, where we were, and where we were going, about five written pages later, I turned over to Cindy and I said, uh, do you have a word from God now? You know, it was like so specific and, uh, and so amazing. And she's like, yeah, I've got it now. So we started a youth church. We pastored that church for 10 years and reached out to young people, and it was awesome, and it was amazing. But we took that word, and we prayed it, and we stood on it, and we believed it. We took it to heart. So here's where we're at in wrapping this up, okay? God has some amazing things for you this year, and he's going to do some amazing things in your life this year. You need to dust off those words that you have from him, a scripture verse, a life verse, uh, something God told you in Sunday school when you were five. Uh, you went to a youth camp and God spoke this to you. Uh, you, you. Get those things, okay, and pull them back out and go, you know what? This is what Jesus told me. This is what's going to happen. And reactivate those things, you know, you, you can't let your muscles atrophy. You've got to work those faith muscles to get what God said you can have. According to your faith, be it unto you. But you have to work this thing. See? Now, here's what the Lord showed me. I'll wrap it up with this. Here's what the Lord showed me. Working your faith is, is like being a farmer. Okay? There's your part and there's God's part. The farmer gets the soil ready and puts the seeds in the soil. That's his part. It's work. You have to pay attention. You have to watch out for weeds and bugs. You have to keep an eye on it and, and stay on it, okay? God shines the sun on it. God rains on it, and God causes the miracle of growth. That's God's part. If you're not working the soil and you're not getting the bugs out and you're not getting rid of the weeds, then the thing's not going to produce for you. The amount of thought and study you give to the word you hear is the amount of results that you're going to get. This is the year of results. Now, I've got, a couple of, I've got a couple of words here, all right, for the church. Josh and Leslie, get ready for an explosion, an overflow explosion of people, of finances, and of opportunities, okay? Now, be, you, your heart is to see this church be everything that is in there, this picture that you have on the inside of you. But get ready also for the opportunities because God is going to create opportunities that's going to take what he does here around the world, okay? He's going to use you like a sign and a wonder. And what he does for you here in this in this area, what he does for you here in this area is going to be miraculous to the point of causing churches to pop up, okay? You are going to spark churches, and that's part of your calling. That's part of your anointing. Now, we were looking at some history of Grand Prairie, and there was a guy uh, who, who came here. He, he moved to this area with his family, and uh, somebody came to him, somebody came to him, Somebody came to him and said, hey, I need a horse and a carriage. I need a horse and a, and a buggy. And I will trade you your horse and buggy for 230 acres here, which is now downtown Grand Prairie, for a horse and buggy. 
It doesn't depend on what you, ha- what you don't have. It depends on what you have. And God's going to take what you have and make something amazing out of it. So just get ready to be a sign and a wonder and a miracle for not only this area, but it's going to, people from around the world are going to hear about what God does for you here. Okay? So, now I have a word for the worship band. Okay, Leslie, you're just on the, I think this is cool because Leslie's a rock star. Okay? I mean, what church do you go to where the pastor's wife plays bass and sings? I mean, that's just awesome. I mean, Josh has always been a rock star to me because we used to do youth things and stuff like that, and just he would rock the house and get young people from all over, and that's awesome. But Leslie rocks the house, and it just, it's the coolest thing in the world. Okay, but worship team, worship guys, okay? Uh, this happened to me a long time ago. Cindy and I were doing ministry in Jamaica, and those people could sing. Oh, my gosh. They would get up, and they had the groove, and they had the flow, and they had the... And they had it going on. I mean, the whole room would move with them. And then I got up with my little laser guitar. You remember my little laser travel guitar? I got up with my little laser guitar and started leading some worship songs. And kids were falling on the ground getting delivered from demons. Now, there was a vast difference between the two. The one was they had the groove and the move. The other one was they had the presence of God setting them free from stuff. Okay, now, here's what's happening with the worship team here. You're going to see tangible manifestations of the presence of God in your worship in ways that are going to be amazing, okay? And just get ready for it and just be looking for it, okay? You're going to see clouds. You're going to see fire. You're going to see uh, glitter. You're going to see manifestations of, of heaven, Basically, heaven is made out of gold and heaven is made out of gemstones. You're going to see, I don't know, maybe you'll walk out of worship sometime and your pockets will be full of rubies and emeralds. I don't know. But, but just, you know, God's stuff, God's stuff. God is surrounded by this stuff in heaven. And we're going to start seeing the tangible manifestations of God in your worship. Okay? And it's because God says it's time. It's time. It's time for people to know. And the greatest thing will be the transformed lives. People will come in here, and they'll be all messed up, but they'll come in, and the worship will begin to happen. And then all of the chains and fetters and, and baggage and garbage is just going to melt off of them and, and fall off of them during the worship time. And it's going to be awesome. So just get ready for that. Now be, <laughs> be looking for that. You know, and this is God saying this to you, all right? And I don't take any credit for this. This is what God is saying to you. Get ready for that. Be looking for that because that's going to happen. Now, um, there's going to be healings. I just, there, I have this word, there's, there's going to be healings in this place. There's going to be healings. I mean, people are going to come in here with like life-threatening diseases with incurable stuff, and they're going to walk out without it, all right? They're just going to get washed from it in this place, so just get ready for the healings, okay? And I just want you to be ready. Is there anyone that you've got pain in your body right now? You've got pain. You're going through, you're dealing with some stuff or... Okay, stand up right there where you're at. Any, it, just stand up where you're at if that's you. You have pain, okay? Uh, anybody dealing with allergies? Like mountain cedar is horrible right now, and it's like affecting a bunch of people. Is that, is that you, allergies, anybody messing with you? Okay. Is it, I'm, I'm just going to pray. This is going to be this, this, the flow. We're getting into the flow. We're getting our biceps 
in shape here for what God's going to get ready to do, okay? And we're starting with these things, all right? Uh, if you have pain in your body, just if it's, if it's uh, socially acceptable, put your hand on it, okay? I just say that because I don't want you to be weird, okay? Just like if it's your head or your shoulder or your arm or your back or whatever, just put your hand on it. If it's your allergies, put your hand on your head. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we declare the beginning of signs and wonders, the beginning of healings in this place, and we release it now in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that the pain goes, that the allergies go, that the symptoms go. Father, we're going to the other side, and the other side is healthy and strong and free from limitations. We're not going to be limited by pain. We're not going to be limited by allergies. We're not going to be limited by physical things, Father, in the name of Jesus, and we thank you for doing it. Right now, right now, right now, right now. Pain is going, it's subsiding, it's melting, it's it's leaving your body in Jesus' name. The allergies, the symptoms are going, your sinuses are opening up in the name of Jesus. Just say thank you, Jesus. Come on, everybody, just say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Just receive you just freedom from that. Jesus didn't give that to you, you know. This you can be seated. It's you know, when 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 God came to Adam and Eve in the garden. And, and God's like, Adam, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? And Adam's like, we hid. And God's like, why are you hiding from me? And Adam said, because we're naked. And God said, who told you that? So that's what I'm asking you. Who told you you had to be sick? Who told you you had to have allergies? Who told you you had to live with pain? Well, on the news, and there was a commercial, and the side effects are. No, Jesus said we're going to the other side. So we're not going to, we're not going to. You know, don't don't go to Jesus and say, Master, we are perishing. Don't say that anymore, okay? Don't say that anymore. Amen? Cindy, do you have something? I'm good. Everyone stand. <laughs> and if if you need personal prayer, we'll be glad to pray with you. But but you know what? I just wanted to spark your faith and wake your faith up this morning because there's nothing God won't do for you. He loves you. He has the authority to do it. His words are powerful if you'll take those words and fill your heart and your life with them. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we release, Lord God, your love and your ability and, and your authority. Jesus, you are the king. You are in charge. And what you say is what we want. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, we take hold of what you say. We take hold of what you have spoken. We take hold of your words that you've given us when we were five, when we were 13, when we were 18. Jesus, we take what you have said, and Father, we, we stir it up, and we build it up, and we, we lift it back up. Father, we reactivate it in our lives in Jesus' name. I want you to say this with me. Say, in the name of Jesus, this year is going to be the best year. Today, signs, wonders, and miracles begin. I'm looking for it. I'm expecting it. I want it. I desire it. I take it. It's mine. In Jesus' name. Now say hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Josh, thank you. God bless you guys. Amen. Hey, let's, let's get uh, you and Cindy up here. Let's pray for these guys. Come on. How many of y'all were encouraged this morning? Come on. We don't we don't receive and not give. So let's let's lay hands on these guys. Uh, if, if if you want to come up, you can you can come up, and we're just gonna pray for you guys. Father, we thank you so much for Cindy and Spencer. Lord God, we thank you for the incredible word that just resides in them. 
We thank you, Lord, that your word lives and dwells in them. And God, we know that when they speak, and it's so encouraging, we know it's because it's your word that's in them. And your words are spirit, and they are life. And Father, we just pray in Jesus' name, God, just for increase in their life. God, I pray for greater influence, God, as, as they move out. God, I pray, uh, Lord, for some of these things, some of these old words, God, some of these these uh, these covered-up wells. God, we just redig those wells, and we just declare, God, that, that their best days are in front of them. God, we declare over their lives, God, that life pours in and through them. And God, I just pray, God, that you open up doors. God, doors that have never been opened, God, relationships they've never had. We pray, God, that you begin to just do some reconnecting uh, through some relationships. God, I, I just see that over your life. Uh, Cindy and Spencer, both of you guys, I see y'all traveling on airplanes to countries you've never been, uh, sparking people. I, I just see you as, as, a, as just kind of like a lighter. You're just lighting up things, and you're going places, and you're lighting those things up. So just go out and just continue to just dream big and just function with that encouraging word that you guys always bring. And God's just going to continue to use you guys to just increase. I'm also declaring over your finances. There's going to be just a, a greater level of financial function in your life. You're going to be able to give away so much money in the next couple of years because so much of it is going to come into your hands. So, God, we just declare it over them, in them, through them. In Jesus' name, God, we thank you for them. In Jesus' name, we love you. Amen. Amen. Bless these guys. Make sure you give them a hug and, and uh, tell them good word today. It's always encouraging. Hey, sit down real quick. I j- have just a couple of things. Uh, first of all, uh, our deeper course uh, starts today. Uh, it's our membership track. It's basically a 30-minute class. We were supposed to start about five minutes ago, but we're going to start that at, uh, at 1230 if you want to go through that. It's just 30 minutes. It's kind of just your ways. You come to overflow and you say, hey, I, I want to put a ring on it, right? You want to put a ring on it. You say, hey, I'm, I'm not just coming. I'm actually a part of this church. This is my church. And so we encourage you just to go through that. It's a three-week course. So if you miss the, one of the next three weeks, you can jump in next month. So it's just a three-week uh, track that we have there. So if you want to get in on that, we're going to do that. It will be in Kid Flow at 1230, and it's just for 30 minutes. We, we try not to have you very long. Also tonight, Super Bowl party. So even if you don't care, I don't care for the teams that are playing tonight, either one. I hope they both lose. Um, so anyway, um, but if you like people or you like food, then you can show up here tonight with some food. Everybody say, with some food. So bring some food with you that you can share, and we're going to all hang out as a church family tonight. So if you don't have anything going on tonight, even if you don't like football, you like me, I hope, and you can come and we can hang out and, and all that kind of great stuff. Uh, that's tonight at 5.30. That's when the game starts. Also tonight at 5, if we are having our leadership uh, gathering. So if you are interested in leadership, you can talk to me about that. Um, it's just going to be tonight at 5 for just a few minutes, uh, kind of a kind of a touch base with everybody type thing before the Super Bowl party. So if you're interested in that, uh, talk to me. Catch me before service. Next week is Valentine's Day. Excited about that. Leslie and I are going to have a do a, a kind of a joint conversation message next week. We're real excited about that. It's always good to hear from Leslie, uh, Pastor Leslie, because she always brings a good word. So she'll keep me straightened out uh, next week before we jump into our next series. So we're really excited about that. So anyway, how many of you are blessed today? I'm glad you were here. Thank you so much, Spencer, for that incredible word. And uh, yeah, so hang out, love on somebody, and have a great week.